Good morning, Rick. Hey, Svea. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah. Been up early. We've got a long day today. My daughter graduates from college tomorrow, so we're flying down to Kentucky to go be there to celebrate with her. I'm super excited That's about that. That's a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Excited to be podcasting before I leave town and glad this uh, still fits in our schedule because I love doing this. This is a, a fun thing to get to go a little bit further into the message each week. And you had mentioned specifically with this one that you were glad for the podcast because there's so much content that you can't put into the message. And, uh, and, and Absolutely. I think there's I think there's a lot more to be said, and hopefully um, that that's able to come out in this conversation that we have together. Yeah, so we're going to go a little bit further into the message on struggle mm-hmm. from the He Gets Us series. And, and I'd just say I've really appreciated this He Gets Us series for the opportunity it's given us to really focus in on Jesus and aspects of Jesus that we don't often look at. And, uh, and this week was no exception to that, the idea that Jesus, too, understood what it was like to struggle. Yeah, and struggle financially, mm-hmm. and to navigate um, to navigate the the difficulty the, that comes with that. He truly does empathize with us. He truly does understand, and not just in an abstract way, but in a lived experience kind of way. Mm-hmm. What was the phrase you used? He wasn't just a tourist in our experience. That's that right. He was he, he here as a resident. That's right. He wasn't a tourist in the human experience. He was a full time resident. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool idea, isn't that? Yeah. And I mean, it's daunting to think, like, I remember trying to explain to my kids one time what it, I mean, as if I could understand what it was like for Jesus as God to just become human and, and live in our world. But we were looking at our dog mm-hmm. and I was like, can you imagine if you wanted to understand what it was like to be our dog, Kaya, for you to decide, okay, I'm going to give up what it's like to all have all of the convenience and comfort of being a human. And I'm going to go live like a dog and sleep on the floor and go outside to pee and all of the the discomfort of that so that I could truly understand what it's like to be a dog. Well, that's vivid imagery, and you're probably <laughs> talking to your daughter because I'm sure your boys already did that. <laughs> Some of those things. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I hope my sons aren't listening right now. Love you guys. <laughs> well, that was fun. But no, it is a sweet thing to think of what Jesus did so that he would truly understand us. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he could have, and he, he could have totally just understood as God being omnipotent, he could have totally imagined it and understood it uh, from from a distance, but in love, he chose to step into it with us. And that's astounding. And my son and I actually had a pretty good conversation about that hmm. on, on Sunday. And he's just like, you know, when I was a kid, I always just thought, you know, Jesus is God and he did this great stuff for us, but he really lived as a human. It was, it caused him to see Jesus in a fuller way, mm-hmm. um, in a way that was a bit more awe-inspiring, I think is a fair way to describe it. And as we talk about the humanity of Jesus, we're not downgrading Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're trying to expand our view of mm-hmm. Jesus. And just like we don't want to be reduced to 
to part to just parts of who we are. We don't want to reduce Jesus either. We want to see him for who he truly is. And it, it, the incarnation is an awesome thing mm-hmm. that Jesus, fully God, took on what it meant to be fully a human person and lived this life, stepped into weakness, stepped into struggles. And, you know, we've said this, and I hope it doesn't sound cliche. I really do mean this. He gets us. And so I think he should get our trust. Mm hmm. Well, I see in a myriad of incredible things about him living as us, but uh, but two huge benefits. Not only does he get us, he understands us, he's experienced what we go through, he understands our feelings, but he also models for us the ideal way to walk through those kinds of feelings or those experiences. Mm. So we not only have someone that can empathize with us, we have the ultimate role model as we watch how he encountered different situations and, and absolutely yeah yeah and it's such a such a comfort to know that uh, that he relates to us but that he also points us to something on the ideal Absolutely. And for those who are out there who are maybe listening and they're trying to figure out Jesus um, can I just shade in a few more details Go for it. on that he is our example and he is who we should follow and how we should follow and how we should live and yet here is part of just the the deep grace of the gospel. Jesus came full of grace and truth, knowing that even when we sincerely want to follow him, we're going to fall short. Mm-hmm. And he um, he is the one who makes us able. He is the one who gives us righteousness. He is the one that gives us goodness. It is so cool to know that Jesus is more than an example, but he is our savior and our rescuer and the one who gives us Mm. new life. And now that we have new life, let's follow his example, even when the road is rocky and rough. Mm -hmm. So with this topic specifically, with with not just struggle, but particularly struggles in the aspect of our finances, Mm -hmm. you know, what's interesting about Jesus, as you pointed out, like he wasn't homeless, but he really had no home. That's Um, right. He he was supported, his ministry was supported by other people. He Mm -hmm. wasn't uh, independently wealthy, uh, that he was reliant on on the community around him Mm -hmm. to support him and his needs. Uh, And yet we really see a lack of focus or attention on material goods. And I think he sets us up with a nice picture of he didn't have a lot, but he wasn't fixated on not having a lot. It, even, it wasn't even part of his identity necessarily that, you know, he wasn't going around always making sure everyone knew, I'm poor and I, I'm looking for, for attention in that way. It just seemed like that's not what I'm about. I don't have a lot and yeah, I'm good with well that. Said. I'm content with that. Yeah. So as I was preparing for the message, I was trying to to think along the same lines that you that you just described, and there are two there are two miracles that I can that that immediately come to mind. One is is the wedding where Jesus miraculously turns water into wine and allows that uh, allows that to continue. And then there's when the when the people are hungry, he he multiplies uh, the loaves and fishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus isn't going around, and it's like anybody who feels tempted to listen to prosperity hucksters, mm-hmm. how often is Jesus going around doing the same thing with people's money? How many how many times is Jesus actually going around and multiplying things mm-hmm. and giving more things mm-hmm. to people? That's not what we see in Jesus. It's a it's a I think it's it's a cause to to really slow down and pause and to consider what mm-hmm. is Jesus is about, and he's not about the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well said. So the the verse in uh, First Corinthians about how 
um, God's grace is sufficient for us has been on my mind a lot lately. Mm. But but you also see in Jesus's life that that he was about sufficiency in many areas. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he was demonstrating that there's sufficiency in God, there's sufficiency in in our daily bread, mm-hmm. in in just recognizing that God provides what we need for the day. Yes. And he wasn't about, you know, can we accumulate and accumulate and accumulate, or can we focus on feeling like we haven't accumulated enough, mm. uh, but that there was a balance there, and, and God's provisions are sufficient for There's the day. There's a lot to think about there. Mm-hmm. And it's not... I mean, I know I don't think you're saying that it's wrong to accumulate things, but that's just not the focus mm-hmm. of the Christian life. It's and not that's, where we find our security. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Much as as it's tempting, <laughs> it can to be tempting. To do that. Yeah. It's much easier to seem like you can control things if you feel like you've got. Uh... I don't know about you, but I kind of like stuff. <laughs> There's some great stuff out there. There's fun stuff, yeah. and I want more of it. <laughs> But uh, that's not what the trajectory of the Christian life is about. And that's yeah. not where significance is found um, in Christ. That's not where security is found. Um, and that's not ultimately where we're going to find satisfaction. All good gifts um, come from Him, and they should be enjoyed. But that's but but the, but the goodness and the comfort and the security and the significance, all of it, it's not located in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and it's trying to trying trying to remember that can sometimes be a struggle. Sure. Speaking of struggle, one of the lines that you had in the message uh, reminded us that we're not meant to white knuckle our way through struggle. I really liked that because I'm a pretty good white knuckler okay. <laughs> with a number of things. In yeah, my you're life. pretty you're a pretty resilient person, <laughs> and uh, so so here's I'm curious. Help me here because what I don't what I'm not trying to communicate is that there is no effort. Mm-hmm. There is we are putting in effort, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what I don't want to communicate is that it is just our effort. And I don't know if I did a good job of communicating that. I, I mean, we've got a pretty smart congregation. I'm, I know that they're, they're sifting that, that stuff out pretty well. But this is just one of the, one of the times where I feel like I'm fumbling a bit as a, as a communicator. It's not only our effort, and yet we invest mm-hmm. our energy and our effort into following Christ. We're not passive puppets in the process of discipleship. Mm-hmm. No, I, I appreciate it, and I and I think I received it in the the way that you were intending to mm-hmm. communicate it because it it resonates with me. I think my personality is one that tends to be a little bit more independent and mm. a little bit more of a white knuckler, and mm-hmm. and I lean that direction more of okay, I just need to put my head down and and uh, and fight through this and mm-hmm. figure it out and and mm-hmm. push my way through a situation or something along those lines. And it is a little bit scarier to me to open myself up to the vulnerability of sharing my burdens in community in a healthy way yeah. and uh, and not feeling like it's all on my own back. And, mm. uh, and increasingly, as I've allowed myself to be more vulnerable with other people. It's it's been a beautiful thing. Although mm. it's scary too because it can is, be. Absolutely. It's easier it feels easier to sometimes try to control. I a like looking like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that I love that version of me. <laughs> I love for other people to think of that version of me. Rick really got it together. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't always have it together. There are a lot of things that are that are just outside of outside of my Control and I think I think God kind of delights in that. I think He really wants us to remember that we were designed for this kind of messy community where our lives are enmeshed together, yeah. where we're doing this together. Yeah. Um, that community is not a luxury; it's part of the design. Mm-hmm. 
It is how it's intended to be. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I'm experiencing that in a good way, it is so much more satisfying than walking through life alone. There's, yeah. there's so many more benefits to, to, uh, to feeling the burden shared, to, mm-hmm. to caring for other people as well, to mm-hmm. seeing, to celebrating with other people and the joys, to weep when they're weeping. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, it's such a, a soul satisfying experience to experience good community in that yeah. way. Yeah. I was thinking about our congregation this morning that I, it doesn't feel like our, and it's just a privilege to to be to be a pastor in a, in a church like this. I don't think we have to energize uh, this congregation on engaging the community and being mm-hmm. generous. We just have to advertise it, and they they tend to respond pretty quickly. And that's a cool thing. This is a great community uh, to be uh, to be a part of. But part of my hope was that in talking about it this way, that it would just kind of further ignite and um, a desire for this or. or or, or cultivate even deeper a desire uh, to move towards each other with generosity, mm-hmm. and that's not just financially, but really with our time, mm-hmm. with our with uh, with all the myriad of ways that we express care and affection for each other, with opening up our homes for for meals, mm-hmm. um, opening up spare bedrooms that we have to to care to care for, doing whatever yeah. it takes to step into whatever it is that somebody else is in. Um, I love that. I mean, I was sharing with you um, before we started recording that Heather and I had dinner with another couple from our church last night, and it was a feast. Mm-hmm. And but it was the companionship and the friendship and the laughter and just I just I loved it. This is what heaven is going to be like. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff of the of the Christian life. This is what God designed us for is to is to be together. And we need more of that. That's yeah. one of the reasons I'm, we're big fans of small groups. Mm-hmm. We don't just want people to get together and do a Bible study, although studying the Bible is awesome and huge and indispensable for your Christian life. It is doing life together. Yeah. And that's part of my design and wanting us to go through these periods throughout the year of having mm-hmm. times when, as a ch- church, we're entirely focused on the same sermon series and we're all mm-hmm. studying the same thing together. Mm-hmm. But then having some breaks in between where groups have the opportunity just to spend more time in fellowship or or to study something that's really uniquely important to that group mm-hmm. uh, so that some of that that kind of rhythm of, uh, of investing in each other's lives has the opportunity to grow and develop. Absolutely. So I'm curious, is there anything from the message that we've gotten questions about, or is there anything you're like, I really want to go a little bit further with this? We need yeah, to- I want to go a little bit more into this idea of dependence, independence, and interdependence. Okay. And let's start off specifically with how we see Jesus modeling that for us, because mm-hmm. if there was ever any person in all of history who had the right to be independent, yeah. <laughs> you would think it would be Jesus, yeah. and yet that's not what we see of him. Yeah, <laughs> he totally could have been like, I don't need you fools. He didn't you should be need. kissing yeah. my feet and thanking <laughs> me for the privilege that you get to hang out with me. But that's not how he was. He was constantly welcoming people in and, and giving significant responsibilities yeah. uh, to others. Just and listen, I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Jesus, you just sent out these 72, like 36 pairs are going out, and they're preparing uh, villages and towns to get ready for your arrival, and he's not over them micromanaging them. He's just letting them do it. Yeah. And there's so many times. He just let disciples do things. I mean, if you look at it in a big picture way, he's entrusted us to carry the message of the gospel to the world. He just put it in our hands. Guys, I'm trusting you. Yeah. I'm relying on you. Go do this. And I'm going to be with you. Yeah. But go do it. 
That's amazing. He's entrusting to to them and by extension to us the most important thing, yes. the mission of spreading the kingdom and the good news. Yes. And he didn't just control it himself. He, he yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite a lot of humility that he would say, okay, I'm going to let you guys be the ones who do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then... But even just the humility that it would take to... Um, to, to rely on the support and the funding mm-hmm. of others. You mentioned mm-hmm. Joanna, and uh, and there were other women documented as, as people who were his benefactors. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, so it's just a cool thing. And then to see that he is just utterly dependent on his Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, Jesus demonstrates that in, in, in so many different ways. And I really, I want to say this again, I want to encourage people, as you're reading through the Gospels, be looking for ways. How is Jesus How is Jesus showing dependence on his Heavenly Father? How is he choosing to be independent, excuse me, interdependent with others? What I don't think you're ever going to see is just an independent Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there are times that he's alone, but let's don't confuse times of intentional um personal devotion or isolation mm-hmm. just to commune to, uh, times of, of communing with God in prayer. Let's don't confuse that with independence. I don't think right. that's what Jesus was modeling. Because even when he was alone, it was yeah. usually for the sake of being with his Father that's right. in prayer that's and right. just in spending time alone with mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, I listen. you're, you're a parent. I, I'm a parent. Uh, we both know what it's like to, to raise littles. Uh, you've got You've gotten more kids out of the house than I have, but uh, we have a 29-year-old uh, daughter, and then we have a daughter who's going to be 20 and not too long, and she's wrapping up her just wrapped up her second year of college, and I've got a son at high school. And it's easy for me as a dad, sometimes it's easy to think about, I'm really trying to get them to independence, but that's mm-hmm. truly not what I want for mm-hmm. them. What I want for them is responsibility and maturity. I want them to be able to stand on their own two feet and to be able to fulfill the good kinds of responsibilities that um, that they need to be able to fulfill. But I always want to stay connected, and I always want them to to know that they can lean on me, and I want to be able to to lean on them. I really mm-hmm. want interdependence. Mm-hmm. Now, on those Saturday mornings <laughs> when they would wake up early, I wanted independence. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, that had, that's been a fun progression of watching them as they kind of finished out their teenage years and they're mm-hmm. discovering some independence mm-hmm. and uh, and testing their feet in that. And then watching now the kids as they're in their 20s, kind of coming back a little bit and recognizing, yeah, I don't want to do life alone. I do appreciate family and and. Uh, Maybe apparent wisdom of parents that we didn't necessarily get credit for a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a parenting podcast, but if we if we kind of lean into this a little bit, um, I'm curious what you would say. But Heather and I talk about this all the time. The older, like let's just talk about Caroline right now. The older she gets, the the more we see how she continues to need us, mm-hmm. and the needs look different, mm-hmm. and how 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 all that plays out is very different than it was you know, several, several years ago, Mm -hmm. but it's not like she doesn't need us anymore. She needs us just as much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun thing. Parenting just gets better and better as the kids get older. Yes. (laughs) At least that's been my experience. I've enjoyed it more and more. I do miss, you get, we've talked about babies Yeah. You are a baby guy. I'm a baby, I'm a baby guy and (laughs) I got to hold a baby recently. I just love cuddling little babies, but, um, there will be part of me that always misses when they were like, you know, toddlers and, and, you know, just little, and it, they were just fun to, to cuddle with and to, and to wrestle with and stuff at, at that age. But every, every new phase, Heather and I have celebrated. We've just found like, this is even better than the last mm-hmm. one was. We, mm-hmm. we love it. We geek out over it. Yeah. That's been my experience too. 
Well, let's go just pivot a little bit to what was kind of the bottom line of the message. You said Mm. Jesus did not give us a way to end our struggles. He gave us a way to be with him and each other in our struggles. Correct. And I really appreciated that because that resonates with reality mm-hmm. and and much more so than sometimes is put out there. I think there's this kind of false idea that if we just have a healthy spiritual life, if we're following Jesus, then everything is going to be smooth and, mm-hmm. and we're going to experience this satisfying kind of peaceful serenity in life. And that is just not reality. <laughs> no, we might have moments of that and that's a wonderful thing. And I, I want people to have as many moments like that as they, they possibly can. It did feel a tad ironic to me, uh, giving that message, knowing that there are a lot of people who are in the healthcare industry who are trying to literally solve people's <laughs> healthcare struggles. But you know, if we look at it and with a zoom out a little bit, we know that that our struggles um, just never totally end. Particular struggles might end, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a way to to follow God's commands that brings resolution. There's a way to apply wisdom that comes from God that applies resolution, and yet. The reality of struggle never ends. Mm-hmm. Um, we and I'm not trying to be bleak. I mean, that's just it's just. No, it's not bleak. Actually, I think there's even a hope aspect to yeah. it because it's not rare that I'm talking with someone who's saying, you know, why won't Jesus just take this away from me, mm. or or why did this this period of suffering or something have to happen to me? And there's mm-hmm. this underlying current of shouldn't I have been spared this or shouldn't have been taken away from me? And so the more people Mm -hmm. can realize Mm -hmm. that's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not what doing the Christian life looks like. Um, that, that really there is so much more power Mm -hmm. in finding a peace with God and recognizing that, that, uh, that he doesn't necessarily calm every storm, but he is in every boat with us in the storm. Absolutely. And I don't want to lose sight of the fact that he is using it and doing something in us while we are in that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big deal. And I, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain of vulnerability just a little bit. This morning I was <laughs> praying and I was thinking about something that was coming up. And um, and I was just praying for some things, and, and, and in this meeting that's coming up, I was like, God, I want to be, I really want to be humble mm. um, in this in this in this meeting. I, I want to be, I want to be a, a, a humbler version of me. There's a guy in my life who I really appreciate, and he, he's just like the constant drumbeat, and he's like, man, I love you, I support you. Um, if I could do anything, I just want to keep encouraging you to be the humblest version mm. of you mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can be. I just think that'll be a gift. Um, to the people you're trying to lead. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate where it's coming from. So I was praying this. So this is where the vulnerability comes. So I'm praying this. And and it kind of dawned on me, God, I want all the vul- all the humility to come just between you and me, Jesus, in private. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm with other people uh-huh. in a situation that requires humility, I can just perform with humility and not have to take a step into it in front of them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm as I'm praying, it dawns on me, and I'm like, God, I think, I know that you probably don't just want to make me humble before the meeting. You want to use that meeting mm. to help me also grow in humility. Yeah. And that's not how I'm choosing. Yeah. That's not how I want it to go. <laughs> that's not the easy way, is but it? But <laughs> I want to trust you. I want to trust you in that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think, you know, if, if even Jesus had to learn obedience and mm-hmm. to be perfected through what he suffered, how much more do we need that? <laughs> Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, you know, there are things in life that we would never choose for ourselves. And there are things in life that aren't not, that are, they just are not good. Mm -hmm. And yet the promise of God for all those who are called according to his purpose, who love him, who live for him, is that God is using those things for our good. Yeah. Now, what that does not mean, it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what we do, the the best thing is always going to happen. That's not what that means. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we choose. You know, good things are always going to happen with what should have happened in that choice or that dilemma. What? Nope, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. What that means is no matter what we do, whether we fail, whether we, we succeed, whether we are trusting or whether we are sinful, if we love God, we're called according to his purpose, he is going to use that to work out good in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He in everything good and bad, things that are outside of our control, things that might be inside of our control, things that are other people's sin, things that are our sin, things that have nothing to do with sin, that God is using it to work out good for us. And ultimately, it's to make us more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I want that. Yeah. I may not always be a big fan of the process, <laughs> but I'm a big fan of the destination. Have you ever thought about suffering or struggle or hardship like this mm-hmm. as actually kind of being a privilege? In the sense of, like, think of the people whose faith you really admire. All of those people, you're like, I want a faith like that. I mm-hmm. want to know God like that. I want to love God like that. Mm-hmm. And can you think of anyone that you would put in that category? Mm-hmm. Have any of them not gone through some pretty deep water? Not a one. It just goes hand not in hand. One. Not a one. And in that sense, like, if that's mm-hmm. what it takes to become a purpose like that, mm-hmm. or to become a person like that, I'm having trouble these days. Did you hear at the service when I asked people if they were purple people <laughs> instead hey, of people? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cross in my brain these days, apparently. But no, I can't think of anyone I know whose faith I admire who has not struggled through mm-hmm. something significant. And so if we want to be people of great faith, people mm-hmm. who love God, that's part of the process. And so when God allows us to go through that kind of deep struggle, Mm -hmm. I think there is an element of the the James 1 pure joy Mm -hmm. to that, of knowing that that's what he's using to accomplish something beautiful in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's keep this going. And let's look at it from from another angle as well, where we're in. So Jesus isn't giving us a way to just make our struggles go away, but we can be with him. And he is with us, and we can be with each other. We're not going to name names here, but do you have like good time friends, like people in your life that they're great to have fun with? Yep, they're just but they're like not, puppies. They're, but they're just n- fun and boisterous, and <laughs> <laughs> but they're not people to be in the trenches with, right? But then there are people that uh, that you can have a great time with, but you can also be in the mess with. Yep you know more about, I mean, you really get to see a side of the people who will be a messes with you that you can't see with just what you called puppy friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And, you know, if I, you know, I like there's a, I have a dear friend uh, from college and we started out as good time friends, uh, but our friendship grew through all kinds of hardship and we learned things about each other. We saw things in each other and we experienced goodness from each other that we never would have experienced mm-hmm. if we would have stayed good time friends and not become the kind of friends who can who can go through messiness mm-hmm. together. And so th- one of the silver linings, one of the one of the gifts of this is we actually get more of people. Mm-hmm. And we get to see more about them and they get to see more about us and we get a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's worthwhile. And I would never I would never want to be glib or say suffering is good or that struggles are good. 
but I would stand on the shoulders of many who come before that said, who would say, we don't develop character and virtues without them. Mm-hmm. So at some point we just kind of got to, we got to wrestle with that. Well, and in Hebrews, with that. it talks about that the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves mm. and, and not discipline in a punishment kind of sense, but discipline in the way like an athlete would be trained. That's right. And, uh, and what a beautiful thing to view our struggles as this is an opportunity to be trained by mm. God for something even better for something that can can make me stronger, that can make mm. me more loving, that can make me more humble, that can make me more patient, or, or whatever it is, so that that can be used for His good purposes, both in my life and in other people's lives mm. too. And mm. and uh, and so there there can be a real beauty beautiful edge to struggle, um, and to bring it all back full circle. How wonderful that Jesus didn't spare Himself struggle either, but that He entered into our human experience to know what it was like to struggle also. So let's end with this. Let's end within with that. Let's end with that encouragement. And I just want to encourage those who are listening to this um, to lean into your friendships and give your friends, especially your friends who are followers of Jesus, an opportunity to be that kind of friend with you. And if you are in Autumn Ridge Church and you haven't really connected with anyone, I want you to take advantage of the opportunities, things like Let's Connect, where you can begin the process of getting to know people or joining a group, joining a class, Mm -hmm. joining a team where you can experience the kind of good things and relationships with others that your Heavenly Father wants for you.